The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace. Great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video. Bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. Today, David chats with Alex Watson, General Manager at Lovegrove Realty in South Auckland. Alex joined the property management industry at a fairly tender age and has enjoyed some impressive results over the past nine years. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, David Faulkner, and I'm in South Auckland. And my special guest today, he's known as the baby-faced assassin. Uh, His name is Alex Watson from Lovegrove Realty, and he's the general manager. And you've had some big news recently uh, with with your company. Yes, certainly have, uh, David. Thank you very much. We have just um, in the process of acquiring another rent roll right. uh, at the moment. So uh, just been going through all the due diligence process, yeah. uh, which has been quite time consuming, uh, but uh, well worth it uh, going through it, making sure we're uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's with, with everything before we uh, have uh, gone ahead with it. Okay, okay. so in, in terms of growth strategies, you know, did this was this always a strategy? Or was this just an opportunity that appeared and you decided to go for it? <laughs> This particular opportunity did just come out of the woodwork really. Um, we've always wanted to grow the rent roll, but uh, we've always maintained natural growth as being the number one um, cause for, for, for growth. Yep. Um, and we've sort of steered clear from buying rent rolls, but yep. then this opportunity came across and we just felt it was too good opportunity to ignore. Well, what we'll do, we'll come more into your growth strategies and how you've grown. Uh, your business uh, in South Auckland because you've had a very successful uh, period of growth. We've seen that. Uh, but before we do get into that, we want to just look at how you got into property management because you're a young lad. How old are you? So I'm 28. 28. 28 years old. Yeah. Right. And how long have you been in property management? Uh, um, nine years. Right. Nine years so far. So uh, 10 years next November. Good. Good. And what got you into it? Uh, good question. Actually, I was in the car industry um, about uh, in 2007, and Jeff Lovegrove, our agency principal, he had gone into real estate at that time, and uh, also ex um, car dealer. So I knew him from 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 the car from the car days, and so um, he basically sent me a text one day and said, "Hey, do you want to come work for me in, in property management?" And at that stage, I obviously had no idea what I was in for or what was involved. So did a bit of Googling around what property management involved and, and I thought, well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Great, and, and was the job, what was it what you expected? <laughs> Initially, I wasn't really sure what to expect. So I sort of went in with with, with open open arms and, and, and being very open-minded about the whole thing. And also not really sure how much long or how long I would necessarily last in, in the industry. Yeah. Um, we had, when I started, we had 30 properties on the books. Right. And I remember my first goal was to get to 100 managements by the end of, by the end of 2008. And that was my goal. Yeah. And I thought, well, that would be so cool to have 100 properties on the books. And um, so I really love the business development aspect of it um, and dealing with the people, you know, showing homes, uh, showing tenants through properties and that side of things. So I was told at the time, oh, you won't have to worry about going to any tribunal hearings or mediations. Uh, we'll help you out with that sort of thing. Yeah. Luckily enough, we never had to go through that process uh, at the time. 
Um, but of course, the reality is, is that that was always going to be a part of it. So you started off with 30 managements 30, yeah. in, in 2007. Yes. And, and can I ask, I mean, what, what numbers are you managing now approximately? How, how big is the business now? So we are, we're currently on 960. Uh, but with the acquisition of the Southern Red Roll, we'll be looking in, in excess of 1,700. That's amazing. And 60 properties. Well, I mean, congratulations on, on the success and the growth. It's, uh, I'm sure you've really got all the uh, listeners' attention now because they'll, they'll really want to know how on earth they could do it. So when you first started, were you doing, uh, obviously, property management as well as business development? Yeah, uh, uh, fundamentally for us, my, my core focus was was business development because 30 managements, let's face it, yep. um, doesn't actually consume uh, a lot of time with all due respect to those that may be running th- those numbers, but uh, at the moment and, and in that phase, in that startup phase, um, so there was a lot of time to focus on new on new business, and we've always wanted to um, to, to have a focus on being a high performing rent roll in the local area and being the number one choice for consumers in, in, so, in the region. Well, Alex, at 19 years of age, yeah. I mean, it must have been difficult to convince some of these landlords, these owners, these investors to entrust an asset to somebody so young. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, look, it's it comes down to just being able to build that trust with them. So it doesn't happen necessarily straight away. So it comes down to communication. So if you can effectively communicate with your clients, no matter what your age group is, and if you know what you're talking about and can execute that well, then they actually do listen to you. So yes, age was an objection for a few people, um, but then realizing that we had a bit of a a support network around us with with, with Jeff and with also our sales team as well, and that time we did have an accounts lady for the overall business, um, that did help with the overall growth strategy. So yes, they, they said you're young, but they actually did still uh, trust. So Jeff must, have, Jeff must have seen something in you. you know, yeah, did well, he? I don't know what. <laughs> yes, uh, a- a- absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, I owe it to, to, to Jeff really for giving me this opportunity, yeah. um, which, which has meant a lot to me and, and, and it was up to me to, 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 to run with it yeah. uh, and, and make it what Okay. So every property manager or every property management company, they go through that infancy stage. They'll get to a certain point where you've got enough managements that you know it's paying you, but you haven't got time to grow because you're looking after the properties that you've you've already got. I mean, how do you get around that? How do you keep growing? What what did you just start? Once you got to a certain point, you started bringing people on board. Yeah, we we found that come. you know, midway through 2008, uh, we we were really needing to to engage yeah. um, staff. So we, at the time, there was myself. We actually got a letting agent on board at the time, and we had a property manager on board yeah. um, by 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 mid 2008. And so um, we then actually realised that we needed another property manager. So um, Brett Dyson, who was our leading agent at the time, actually took over or was part of portfolio management at, mm-hmm. that, at that point in time. And so from there we had two property managers, no leading agent, uh, myself in business development, and then we also got a third property manager right. so you, uh, not long after that. So you had quick growth. I mean, th- at that particular time, I mean, I picked up that you're saying 2008. Yep. This is when we had a lot of change in our industry, the global yes. financial crisis would have seen interest rates increase. Yes. Probably a bit of a boom time in property management. It was. We we found that as interest rates were you know nearing nine percent at the time, I yeah. think it was, uh, and where properties were 
uh, weren't selling. Mm. Let's face it, you know, owners couldn't get the dollars they wanted for them, so they became reluctant landlords almost. Yes. And so they were they were moving to Australia to look for other opportunities or elsewhere in the world, up to Europe. Uh, and so, and because they didn't want to sell their home, they wanted to hang on to it, um, they just said, look, We'll hold it and rent it out. Yeah. So we we did notice uh, significant growth through through that through that time. Okay. So I mean, you've obviously I mean, as the business grows, then you have to develop your policies, your your, your procedures. At the moment, but early days, it's just you and you're doing everything. How hard did you find it developing policies, delegating to team members, letting go of certain aspects of control of the business? Yeah, look, it's, it, it is it is difficult to do that, but we've got a really good support network around us. So so we've got a, um, Helen Kay, who's our projects manager. Mm-hmm. She's now been with the business about six years. Yeah. And so, but she loves that stuff. Yeah. She's all about the details. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in, in giving tasks to people who, who love doing those sorts of things and who are capable of doing those so you're kind of identifying the skill sets of individual of, of, of individual people to fill particular roles, and um, myself, I'm, I'm not. You know, I must admit, I'm not big on uh, all the all the fine legislation yep. stuff. Yes, it's important, absolutely, um, but I'm focused, as you can see, to probably tell on the growth and, and running the you know, operation of the business. Yep. But obviously, the the the, um, uh, the the foundations of the business lie in the policies and, and procedures that you've got to ensure that we can. Continue to grow, yeah. and to ensure that our staff are, are, are trained and trained well, yeah. uh, and in an ever evolving uh, compliance market. So, can I mean, if we go on to looking at your, your team and the traits that you look for when you're recruiting, um, what are the main things that you're actually what you're looking for? Attitude. Attitude is the number one thing. Um, we have recruited a lot of people who are new to the industry, so no previous property cool. management experience before. Um, we're a firm believer that they can be shaped into our business uh, and for the right people we'll be prepared to take the time and effort to train them up to our school of, of, of thinking uh, as opposed to say getting someone who may have um, previous history uh, and have and be very set in their ways about how things should perhaps be done which may not actually be the right way necessarily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the right attitude um, skill set does come into it, but that can generally be taught, uh, and a team player. So we're very big on making sure that our team culture is strong, and, and we've got an awesome team culture at the moment. So we're very mindful that if you get the wrong person in, that team culture can get destroyed. Totally, totally. And, and, and in terms of your structure, is it portfolio, pod-based? How, how do each have a portfolio? Yes, so it's all portfolio. Yeah. Um, so we've got six property managers uh, currently at, at the moment. And so they're, they're managing anywhere between 130 to 160 plus properties. Yeah. One of our senior property managers is on about 220 really? at the moment. Yeah. Um, but that is made possible with our support network of admin staff. So yeah. in addition to our property managers, we've got a credit controller mm-hmm. uh, who basically deals with all of our rent arrears, water arrears, court lodgements. Our, our property managers still attend mediation and court hearings, so they're still in the loop. It's very important that they know what's going on with those with those properties. But it's the tasks behind the scenes that is the time-consuming part of it, which is why we actually have engaged credit controller to, to do that and make sure that it's their full-time focus. Yeah. Uh, because as soon as your phone rings as a property manager, your arrears might be on your desk at 9 o'clock in the morning, but if you're getting phone calls to attend to maintenance or tenant inquiry or whatever it, it is, gets left, it gets left yeah. and it doesn't get done. 
Okay. So what about new business? I mean, do you have designated business development managers on board? Yes, that was the, one of the key things. So uh, that's attributed to our growth over, over the last uh, few years. So one of my first key roles was as the business development manager. Mm-hmm. And so I was purely hunting for new business. And so as the business has now evolved, we, uh, you know, I stepped out from the business development role into the general manager's role. And at that point, we needed another BDM. Yeah. So we, we engaged another BDM, and then and then we got to a point in our business where, and I think it was around the five to six hundred mark, where one BDM was doing enough just to maintain the numbers. Yes. But it wasn't enough to get to that next yeah. level, and that's where we made the call to engage a second BDM. Right. So how many BDMs have you got in your business at the moment? So we've got two BDMs yeah. uh, currently, uh, and we will have three. Um, and potentially, we may be looking at recruiting uh, additional. BDMs. So you're, you're so looking at so you're looking at a whole team of, of BDMs Absolutely. to give you that great organic growth. Correct. Are the property managers expected? Do they have pressures on them to grow the rent roll as well, or is it is it more a focus on maintaining that good relationship with the clients? Correct. So, uh, look, again, we're a firm believer that a property manager isn't a salesperson. You know, I'm not saying that property managers can't sell, they, they, you know, there are yeah. ones that can, absolutely. But when you're managing 160 properties, your key focus yeah. needs to be on dealing with your landlords and your tenants and giving the best service that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're focused on getting, say, five managements a month as a property manager, that's detracting from your key role. Which is doing the job of being a yeah. So that's why we've gone down the path of engaging those BDMs. So no, our guys aren't expected to bring on new business. Um, they naturally do because of the level of service that they do yes. uh, and they provide to our customers. Yeah, I mean that's that's an area which I think is, is, is key to the, the development and one of the things we're trying to push is when the training to do is get these property managers to spend more time picking up the phone and, and developing these relationships with the current clients, the owners, the landlords. Uh, do you set them targets for calls to make, or what? What customer service training do you provide for your property managers? What's the expectations around that? So the expectations around it is that we actually expect that our guys are phoning our landlords with good news calls, and so you know, imagine yourself being a landlord, getting a phone call from your property manager. Your natural instinct is that it's going to be a bad, be bad phone call. Yeah. You're going to want them to spend money. Uh, so, so that's why you know we say to our guys, look. Pick up the phone, say hi. Uh, just you don't have to give a reason. You can, it can even be your about the insurance policy that's now due for renewal for another twelve months. It can be hey, look, just finished uh, doing the routine inspection. Everything is going well. Um, it can just be look, we've just done a rent review. Um, we're going to get you an extra twenty thirty dollars a week. Make it positive when you're making those calls to your clients, um, because there is you know when it comes to time when you do have to get money out of them for repairs and maintenance, it makes that conversation so much easier yes. to be. To be yeah, so, um, I mean, you, you touched on a really, really good point because when you do phone them up, uh, you've got that relationship with them. They're more likely to forgive or they're more likely to say, yeah, go and spend it. Do you actually measure the amount of losses that you have in a, in a calendar year? And have you seen a pattern of that decreasing? Yeah, look, we have, um, we noticed that back in 2013, we had 147 properties sell off our rent roll. That's a big amount of properties. Just sell. So that's let alone owners moving back into yeah. it, uh, into their properties or any other reason. 
And so that's when we realised that, and that, that's when the market shifted again. So from the t- 2008 market back to 2013, where sales, did, you know, there was a bit of a... So the reluctant um, landlord started to cash in. Sell, cash in yeah. and, and sell. And so we actually went backwards by about 20 properties that year. So we went back from, seven, we were on 700 at the end of um, 2012, mm-hmm. and then we actually finished up 2013 on 680. Mm-hmm. Um, and we distribute that to that boom in sales market so that we realized even then you know hey look there's a big gap here because there are properties selling off our rent roll where are they going yeah and as soon as they sell off our rent roll it's very hard to retain them because they are going to other businesses yeah or or being privately managed yeah so that's when we recognized hey look we really do need two bdms at that point in time to make sure that we're one recovering what's selling off our rent roll but also another bdm to actually make so you you kind of lead them into the next part and the next thing we want to focus on is, is where you get the new business from. So you've got a sales team. Yes. And what percentage about um, would sell through your company? Uh, the percentage sold through our business at the moment is nowhere near as high as what we would love it to be. Good. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, around, yeah. Uh, like we're looking at 20, 25%, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which is pretty light yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so the BDMs have got a role to play there as well, I suppose. If, if you know, I suppose if you can identify early, if, if your landlords are considering selling, um, then you know maybe pass them on to the sales team, or you know then the BDMs can even approach your current database to see if any of them would like to look at, at, at buying. I mean, I see the role of a BDM as much as anything, almost becoming a buyer's agent for investors. That is one path that we certainly considered going down, David. Yes. Uh, we, we have had, um, you know, we have explored that option. Um, we have found that actually what that's going to do is distract from our key role of the BDM to be prospecting um, to, say, private landlords and to our current landlords. So we are currently in the process of um, recruiting a sales person to work within our property management department right. who specialises on that. So yes, we have a sales team currently who kind of, you know, may expect the odd referral from time to time and we do have a good relationship between property management and sales yeah. which is definitely aided with the growth from both ends. Yes. Referrals coming from property management to sales and likewise sales now going from, uh, you know, referrals from sales back to property management. So that's worked really, really well. But we've found that there is still a gap and so that's where we've gone, look, we need a dedicated salesperson working with our clients, working with our rent roll, to ask those questions, to say, hey, look. And then try and bring them back bring into them the, back back into the and, business. And that's when the BDM gets Excellent. Involved. Yep. Yeah, okay, so where do you find most of your growth, Alex? Look, 50% of our new business over the last two years, David, has actually been repeat and referral, made up of repeat and referral business. Right. So that's existing class customers, uh, buying a second property. Yeah. It's existing customers referring friends, family, work colleagues, and it's also past customers um, actually referring clients back to us yeah. as well. And again, that's attributed to the job that our property managers have done in the past for them. So by freeing them up to just manage properties and not worry about some of the back-end administration work, uh, it has freed them up to provide that level of customers. So, so do your BDMs talk to your current landlord base? Or they do, absolutely. They've got full access to that information. Does that become a, 
point of because I've seen this in, in some offices where the property manager's gone well hang on who gave you permission to talk to the my, my client so it's all in how it's delivered to the team so if, if you're an agency principal or a manager and, and your team is saying I don't want my BDM calling you know our, our clients because in case they say something look have your BDMs do the well calls instead of the property managers you know, get them to find out because if there's if there's issues, because they can then get sorted. Say, because those little problems, if they get it rectified, their customers happy. Yeah. And, and so it's a really good opportunity to, to build a bit more unity between property manager and BDM. So don't be afraid to do that. And and look, it will take a bit of time, but your property managers will come on site, and that's what's happened with our team. Our, our team are completely open to having both um, our BDMs contact them, uh, myself and Jeff make phone calls to, to our clients, um, and 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 so can our salespeople. One of the weaknesses I see in our property management companies, Alex, is that there's a lack of a, a database of prospective clients. Yeah, we've got your property management software, which has all your current clients on, but there's a lack of prospecting going on with the data. There's no CRM. No, that's right. And that's, that's one thing that we have been challenged with in recent years. Um, we have actually gone down the path of utilizing Inspect Real Estate. Uh, and so that handles our tenant inquiry that comes through through the front door. But we've also gone a step further with Inspect Real Estate and taken on board IRE BDM. The BDM. The BDM component of it. So that's to track all the leads that come through. So we're not utilizing that to its full potential, I must admit, but we are using that for our BDMs to store leads and there is a follow-up reminder and process that can go in place. There are email templates that can go in, that yeah. you can have pre-programmed, ready to go. Um, and there, you know, so you need to have your management agreement attached to it, your prospectus or booklet or marketing material if, if a client wants something over email, have it there ready to go and, and give that information to them if they're not able to meet you face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. and I had the uh, pleasure of interviewing Andrew Reese, who developed the BDM uh, product and I've seen it. So, I mean, I'd recommend it to, to anyone who, who's looking at organically growing the rent roll because you do get opportunities missed as well, don't you, between sales and, and, and PM? Absolutely. And, and what we're finding is that as a, as a BDM, where do you store your leads? You know, there's Outlook on your phone or, or wherever. Uh, there's Excel spreadsheets, but things get confused, things get muddled, you, you, you forget what to follow up on. Um, and so, and, and most property management systems are purely for trust account yeah. basis and, 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 and storing information. Yeah. Uh, so they're not lead generation software. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you're here, you're here with the uh, David Faulkner of the Property Management Podcast. I'm here with Alex Watson from Love Gold Realty in South Auckland. Now, uh, just want to start looking at now, what are the challenges of working in a, in a market like South Auckland? It, it, it's a, you've got a, 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 Auckland's just a big, giant, multicultural uh, melting pot now, isn't it, really? It's a it huge is. place. It is. Uh, look, I'm a South Auckland boy myself. Yeah. Uh, and um, so... For me, it's, it's not overly challenging in terms of, you know, it's, it's not a shock, mm-hmm. put it that way. Yes, there are challenging moments. You are dealing with people from all walks of life, of all socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, at the end of the day, you have to remember that people are people. No matter what their income is, where they live, what they look like, people are people. They are wanting to do business with you. Yeah. It's important that you, you treat them with with respect, no matter where they're from. And so if you if you give them the respect uh, that they deserve, they will generally treat you with that level of respect too. So 
So yes, there have been challenges with tenants not paying rent and, and, and because the rents are still very high, aren't they? And it's it's kind of a I mean, what's what's employment like in South Auckland? Is it could be a lot of beneficiaries in South Auckland there, as well? Yeah, look, there are there, there are there's, there's no doubt about it. There, there are, but um, generally speaking, a lot of them know that they've got to do the right thing. A lot of them know that they've got to continue paying rent, otherwise they're going to find it difficult getting yes. homes in the future. So, um, look, work and income are tightening up on on. Um, on things at the moment, so if if people are not renewing their benefit in, in time uh, or not finding work in time, then they're finding their benefit has been slashed. They're going to get into rent arrears and they will get evicted from their property. So to some extent, they know what their obligations are, and most of the time, they do stick to those. So there is a, a very small percentage who do get into rent arrears and who we do have to deal with through through tenancy services. But on the whole, it's not a complete disaster. So. We, I mean, we, we're probably, a, I believe, we're almost a game-changing stage of the industry where we're seeing a lot more increased legislation yes. coming into property management. What's your predictions for the future of property management? Where do you think the industry's got to go on? Look, in the next five to ten years, I think that there is going to be massive growth opportunity for everyone in property management. We're going to start seeing people who... Um, who just won't have time to, to, to deal with, with, with mm-hmm. tenants yep. and, and worry about their investment properties. Uh, you know, people are focused on their own jobs, uh, raising a family. Um, baby boomers that are even, you know, wanting to go away on holiday or, you know, go around the world and travel, not worry about their investment properties so much so now. So they are going to look at putting it into the hands of, of a professional property manager. And also with the legislation changes, that is going to be the biggest thing, I believe, that's going to flip the switch between the New Zealand and Aussie ratio. So they talk about the health and safety at work, health which has just been introduced. Yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And same, you know, everything that's coming through. So recently we've, we've heard about uh, smoke alarms, um, you know, needing to be installed in properties, uh, insulation requirements. Uh, there's talk around the whole war on the fitness scheme, which is obviously being phased out through, um, you know, uh, social housing. Um, that could very well come through to, mm. to um, private private landlords as well yeah. uh, and so yeah definitely in the next five to ten years I think we're going to start seeing more and more people engage professional property managers yeah. uh, and that ratio is going to be uh, at the moment we're seeing about 20 to 30 percent is actually you know of rental stock is through an agency yeah. uh, here in New Zealand and Aussie it's about 80 percent I believe uh, but I think we're going to start seeing that switch you know more in favour of property managers in New Zealand. So you, you, you touched on Australia though, you, yeah. you were recently over there doing a bit of, uh, of public speaking and a bit of training, what was that like? Yeah, oh look that was an awesome experience actually. So we've uh, we've been with uh, Tara Bradbury from yeah. the BDM Academy now probably three to four years and so um, we put all of our BDMs through her course. So we make sure that we, you know, there's monthly Skype sessions, our guys can uh, talk to Tara about any challenges they're having with new business, uh, scripts, dialogues, um, even just trying to close a deal sometimes, you know, Tara might have a different angle that she, that she could consider and uh, we'll pass it on to our BDMs as well. So yes, we were invited to, um, we, we over the uh, 2015 year, there was a competition uh, and uh, amongst the BDM Academy members mm-hmm. and uh, our two BDMs, Charlotte and Callum at the time, they were in the top 
uh, top group of BDM Academy members, and so the, the, there was the invitation extended out to them to uh, fly over to uh, both Sydney and Brisbane yeah. to speak at her um, at her recent seminars. Yeah. So that was a very cool experience, and um, um, well worth it. Are, are the Australians better at property management? I, I always I ask this question a lot. <laughs> uh, look. As much as it pains me to say it, I think that they're not necessarily better property managers, uh, but they just are more, it's just more common to have property managers engaged over there, and I believe that's purely because of legislation. And, and the fact that it's regulated as and well. the fact that it's regulated is massive. You know, you need to have your, your, your ticket or your license to yep. be a property manager, uh, whereas you don't over here. Yeah, there's a lot of companies over here, isn't there, which are just operate out of garages and, and all types of things. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so how did you get, just to finish off, who gave you the name the baby-faced assassin? Uh, actually, my dad gave me that name. Um, <laughs> so he, he, we, and it stems back to the car dealer days as well. So as soon as I was out of high school, my first job was um, was selling used cars. So you've always been a salesman, haven't you? I've always loved that, that yeah. side of things, yeah. Absolutely, and so uh, Dad just randomly said one night, "Oh, you're the baby-faced assassin," and so that sort of stuck with me and, and come through to through to the workplace as well. So, and of course, you know, there I was, 19, signing up these landlords, getting you know 10, 12 managements a month at the time, um, and um, and so people would just uh, go, "Oh, look at that!" We just would just sign the sign the management agreement. Look at that, amazing stuff, Alex Watson. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us on the podcast. Um, thanks Eve, for for joining us. It's been really wonderful and quite inspirational listening to your story. Thanks, uh, very much. good on you, mate. No Cheers. You're welcome. Thanks. The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast, brought to you in association with Palace, great property management software at getpalace.com, and Moving House Property Video bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. John Crocker and Associates, New Zealand's number one property management consultants. Build your property management business at johncrocker.co.nz.